Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everyone, welcome to the On My Block podcast. I am your host, Mike Wall. Professor Amon Green will not be joining us today as he is starting his new class as a professor, university professor at the University of Nebraska. Um, I know that his class is on esports, which we can have a whole discussion on how this is all coming about because that's amazing. But Amon Green, Packers all-time leading rusher, Packers Hall of Famer, professor at the University of Nebraska, in Nebraska alumni, of course. So congratulations, Amon, and good luck on your first day, bud. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this Packers-Pats game. Got some film to go through. Uh, before we do that, Bet Online, thanks for sponsoring us. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, football, esports, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to your website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember, use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Second preseason game, and I guess the way that, I suppose the way this works because of the third preseason game, we're only having three now. You used to play all your starters into the third quarter or the third, but probably that's whatever action they're going to get, the most action they're going to get in the second, I would imagine, because you got a lot of decisions to make now after that third game, even though you have that extra week now in between the third game and the, and the, uh, the actual start of the season. Let's start off with this. Obviously, everybody knows who's, who's a Packer fan or Patriots fan. Uh, the, the rookie cornerback, Isaiah Bolden, for the Patriots, he took some friendly fire on a, a, a trying to make a tackle, I think, late in the, in the third or the fourth quarter. And they stopped the game. He was carted off. They ended up canceling the game. And and uh, I, I guess the only report that we have here is that Belichick and I think Isaiah Bone spoke to the media yesterday. But you know he's he's doing much better, which is good news. Always a scary situation. That is part of football, but uh, you don't like to see it happen. I don't remember a time in a preseason game that they've actually stopped the game, and so that was kind of unprecedented. I think they you make the right decision there. You got to weigh what's what's important and what how this is going to affect the rest of your team. Obviously, you're worried about that player, but how that's going to affect the rest of your team and your ability to evaluate and all of those kind of things. But I think they made the right call there. The Packers lose this game 17 to 21, and the starters basically tie the game. If you look at the first quarter, it's seven to seven. We had. Obviously, a, a, an ugly turnover there early on. The Patriots take it down, go to the goal line, get a holding call or pass interference in the in the back of the end zone, back corner of the end zone on the right side. And then I think they punch it in the next play. Um, back and forth, back and forth, we respond. And Ricky Jalen Reed has his first touchdown on a great throw from Jordan Love, something we'll see later. There's a couple things I think we just need to look at as far as like where we're at right now. And we have some fan questions we're going to go through, but – where we're at right now, I think the number one thing we need to understand from the Packers standpoint is you have your right tackle. Zach Tom is going to tackle. Josh Myers is playing well. Uh, he played well this game. He's going to be the center. There's not going to be this. Can Zach Tom play all these different positions? Easy like Elton Jenkins deal. I'm sure he is. He's going to be a right tackle. Right now, candidly, there's not a player on the offensive line that's playing, at least in this game, that's playing better than Zach Tom is. 
I'm talking about from a footwork, body position, hand placement, finish. He's doing everything as well as anybody else on that team because Bakhtiari is not playing right now. Jenkins is Jenkins is what Jenkins is. I think Jenkins kind of shows out maybe more against better players. I think he's had some really good games against good players across the years. But when we just look at it like this preseason game, where it probably means a little bit more to Zach Tom than it does Ellen Jenkins. When you see the finish, when you see the footwork, when you see the initial steps, when you see the bend, when you see the hand placement, really like what what you see from that standpoint. There's some technical things that he can work on, but just he, it's such people want to make this a very difficult game. And we have, a, you know, especially when you talk to some coaches, offensive line coaches are usually the worst. They've got 14 different ways to take a pass set. They have different special things. They want to lock in their hip and twist this way. The game is so simple. Can I get to this position? There's a, we're fighting for real estate because we're going to have a confrontation, right? We're going to go fisticuffs. Can I get to my spot, my real estate spot under control before the other person? If I can, if the answer is yes, and I have a great body position and, you know, all the, I'm going to have success. Take all the other like fancy stuff out, just at the most basic thing in the world. If you move right and you understand where you need to get to and what position you need to be when you get there, you're going to be pretty good. And Zach Tom has that stuff figured out in spades. Rashid Wallace is going to be your swing tackle. Now, Yash Nyman, Rashid Wallace, Yash has done a good job for this football team. And I think Yash is a, Yash is a pro. Rashid Wallace has a, a higher upside. Rashid Wallace is a better in the run game. He did a good job. In the, I think there's some the, there's some real liability against some good players in the passing game. If I you know we go through the tape, I kind of show you. If you're playing against a good player that that wants to play right now, you might have some issues. But but Rashid Wallace is big. He moves really well for his size. He's good in the he's good in the run game. He's very very competent in the pass game. And I just think when you look at ceilings right now. His ceiling's a little bit high. He's already better in the run game than than uh, than Yashin's. and he's only and he goes up with the Patriots ones at least some of them, and he he looks like he knows what he's doing. So I think he's probably going to be your swing guy. I don't know what that means. For, I don't know what that means for Yash. I don't know if they try to move him inside. I don't know, but I do think that Rashid Wallace is probably going to be your swing tackle. On the other side of the ball, you have to be excited about some of these second year guys coming in whether we're talking about a second year draft pick and then Bari we're talking about Justin Hollins who showed up last year as really second year on the Green Bay Packers um guys are playing well guys are playing really well there's still some things when we look at uh, when we break down the tape we go to the tape we'll, we'll look at that are some issues we had some issues at the safety position we have some issues maybe tipping off some plays a little bit early you see that they're integrating the the dogs, the schemes, the stunts, the blitzes that you know w- with with the defense a little bit more right now. Not still quite sure how we're going to play in the secondary because obviously Jair Alexander's not in the game, and I think even though Rasul's in there, we'll see some things like you just don't really get a good feel for that because I think Jair is such a, a dominant player and he kind of changes the way you play defense. But let's go to the tape. Um, there's some there's a lot of good stuff to look at uh, on this tape here. We're going to start with defense today, which I never do. So this is the first play. We're just going to look at uh, Rasul. And this is the kind of stuff where you see the safety comes down and Mac Jones, he has the slant on. So the safety comes down. And this is the tough part you're putting. And this is, you know, this is about being a cornerback. If you're going to do this, you're going to bring that safety in the box. Obviously, you're on the 20-yard line. You just followed a turnover. You're going in. What are we thinking? Usually, if you were further back, you're thinking shot play, but you're already in the red zone. 
So here it's a run the ball. You're going to attach some sort of quick, quick pass to it in case the safety comes down. Mac Jones has a good read right here. Safety comes and just Rasul just gives him a, a really, the receiver gets a lot of separation here for a quick slant, right? You're up three quick slant over makes a good play. You know, he's like a, a shoestring away from, from making a touchdown there. You don't want to see that. You see, we come in here with Rudy Ford on the next play in, I believe this is a run. And we just like the aggressiveness, right? Rudy Ford is in the game. I know he had a couple picks last year, particularly because I remember the ones against Prescott. But Rudy Ford's in the game because the kid can tackle, okay? And he's triggering on the tight end block here. And you just love that he fills this hole. And then you see the corner coming over. We see the receiver trying to come down and crack. He does get a good crack on him later on in the game. But he comes down, tries to get that crack, and we get a replace from the, from the, from the corner. But playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage, that's why I like Rudy Ford. He's a physical presence in the run game. It's a big deal. I think it's a big deal for the Green Bay Packers. We go here under center by Mac Jones. Look at the play action. This is a second down play. Scrambles gets the slide. Good job covering up the defense. Uh, Nixon's having a little uh, issue over here. We're having some communications problem, but they end up figuring this, this stuff out. But we go under center. This is a second down play. And you'd love to see, I mean, this is exactly why you go under center. For fans out there, you go under center play action because it really does stop the rush. And so we see Wyatt, I think, over the left guard, you know, push by. But we're not going to really, if we're being honest, we're really, the ball should be gone. We're really not going to call this a pressure. Mack ends up running using that great athleticism we saw at Alabama. <clears throat> Got a, a two-by-two two here with an attached tight end. Got Devontae Parker in the corner. I know Devontae from Miami, first-round draft pick uh, from Louisville, I believe. Real talent. Only in the last couple of years, things started coming together for him for whatever reason. Wasn't happening like he wanted to in Miami. Gets the call here. This is a third-down play, though. I, I wanted to show this again. Wyatt in particular. It's like, who's going to create that second rush? And TJ Slayton's been playing great. He played great again for a snaps in this game. He's going to get doubled here, I believe. Wyatt's got left guard one-on-one. -on -one. And just from a body position standpoint, and this is kind of where you have to learn how to develop and grow. And maybe, maybe this is what they're being coached. I don't know. But I'm just – I played this position. I coached this position. I work with guys all the time. If you are in this position after your first or second step, the game's over. Right. Like I'm going to block you 100 out of 100 times. You might get around me eventually. But if we're just talking, I want to pressure the quarterback and get him off a spot. You are not going to do it with your hands outside, giving up your chest, having handlebars on your chest, running right into the, the guard on your second step. You have to create an issue again where we talk about you need to get me off my rhythm. You need to get to my real estate spot or change the positioning so I move in a way that I don't want to. This is too easy. And these are the opportunities if you really want to be a dominant player in this game. Warren Sapp didn't make a single pass rush easy, right? You might trick him every once in a while, flash your hands. He drew his chocolate burp and go, oh, what do I do? But every single rush, you were like, oh, my God, here it comes again. John Randall, oh, my God, here it comes again, right? These guys are different because they play your edges all the time. You can't play down the middle like this. I think they, they pop one in here in the run game. Okay. <clears throat> a couple series later, we're under center again. And 
this is what we're starting to do. So we started to do this a little bit last year. You're going to slant around on the front, and then obviously your linebacker is going to fill from the second level. So everyone's got a gap. So right now, if you're looking at this, you know every single gap should be filled by a safety, a linebacker, or a defensive lineman. And what happens is when Enigbari and they slant down to the left here, and then you got both of your, excuse me, you have both of your uh, linebackers are going to slant over. What ends up happening sometimes is if the corner or anybody gets rooted out here on the right side of the screen, then all of a sudden Isaiah McDuffie's got, he's scraping tight, but that's, there's way too much space there. So now he's got to make a really good play here just to make, make this tackle. Is he coming a little too tight? Not, not really. You'd like to come inside out here, but, or excuse me, outside in. But if you come outside in, then obviously what happens is that running back runs straight downhill and you try to make an arm tackle on the outside in. So he's doing what he's supposed to. This is just a tough play. Good run. He ends up missing that. He ends up missing that uh, that tackle. Slows the guy down. We get they get a couple yards. But those are the kind of things that are going to work in. In order for it to happen, you have to be able to hit that hole square, maybe a step wider, and so you can make that tackle in the box. You're in, in the hole, even though that hole is like four yards wide. So the the, the corner of the safety needs to crash down a little bit better. But really, McDuffie he's coming so tight and he's coming so fast downhill. Trying to redirect is difficult. Now we get the crackback. This is the kind of stuff. So Rudy Ford is a physical player. They're going to play him in the box. They're going to play him closer to the line of scrimmage. See, the better he, the closer he is to the line of scrimmage, in my opinion, the better he helps this defense, right? If you can play single high for a lot of time because you got Jair, because you feel good about Rasul, et cetera. Okay. You cannot have this happen to you. If you're a safety and you see that wide receiver, you cannot get blocked like this. Period. Point blank. You have to attack the wide receiver. You're not trying to skirt through there and just kind of try to beat him. You see that guy coming, you're the hammer. You have to take this block on. You have to fill your gap. You can't get pushed through. You're putting the corner in a really bad spot here. One, this isn't a great play for him either way. But two, I against Stevenson, who's a, who's a really good running back. But two, realistically, That's a really hard angle. Like if anybody's ever tried to make a tackle, you got a guy running straight up and down the field, north and south, and you're coming from east or west. Like that's a hard tackle, especially against one of these big running backs. Now, I put this on here. Welcome to 2023 NFL. This is Bill Belichick's football team, right? I know Bill Bryan's running the offense, but this is Bill Belichick's football team. You have five down linemen, six in the box. We could say, or is the safety near? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. You have seven blockers. There's two tight ends in the box. Seven on six. Okay, plus you got Mac Jones in a pistol formation, so it looks like they run a read option. What do the Patriots do? They run a damn jet sweep. Are you kidding me? 2023 National Football League, you've got more blockers plus a, <laughs> an opportunity to run read option, and we're running jet sweeps out here, man. Welcome to the NFL in 2023. Unbelievable. Ah. Uh. Shotgun formation, we got two three techniques, two wide rushers. Duffy and Walker in the game. Okay. I love this, right? This is just simple. And Enabari did this a couple times. He's playing high level. You know, it looks like he's gained some weight. He's certainly playing with more power on his pads. This is a very easy, you know, one arm is longer than two. Whatever anecdote, whatever, you know, phrase that you like to use when you're talking about pass rushing. Here's what I always look at. We'll go back one more time. So now we're watching the right tackle kick back. Against Enigbari. 
Okay, when he turns and drops that back foot, he doesn't need to. All right, see, so he opens himself up. You get that right hand on that inside pad, and he just does a great job of walking this dude all the way back. I mean, it's just a really, really nice job. He's, I mean, completely overmatched, completely overwhelmed there. Talk, uh, talking about uh, uh, City Sal, actually fourth-round draft pick this year. You're going to have to forgive me if I don't know the names of all the uh, the Pats guys here. Great, great rush. Um, that's a rush that's sustainable. That rush is if as long because he you got to remember, and I borrowed when he came in the league, he ran like a I, I'm gonna get this wrong, but I think he ran like a four four seven forty. So it's just like, does he have enough lead in his pencil, right? When you get to that spot, you've already put that person um feeling like they're out of rhythm or not in control. When we talk about getting your real estate spot, now do you have the power to back it up with a play like a stab? And then once you get that stab. What else can you work off it? Like the guy's got a lot of options because of the speed. If he's got a little bit more kind of power behind that first punch, that initial contact, man, you really got something there. So we got the two wide threes again. We got Quay Walker in the middle. Same look. What am I doing, Mike? Yeah, same look, guys. Great rush. Okay, we're tipping this off a little bit early. So that's kind of the first thing you talk about with uh, with Quay kind of tipping this off with Lucas Van Ness downhill. So the offensive line is going to be able to pick this up. This is something when you start talking about all the different people playing safety, we're vying for the starting safety positions. What does that look like? Is it Jonathan Owens? Is it? And then we have Anthony uh, Johnson Jr. We got drafted in the seventh round here. I think he just came. This might be his first play of the game. And he gets spun around like a top here. Now, look. For those who don't know, if I've opened my body up to the, the field uh, of the upfield here and I see that this tight end, uh, number 85, the New England Patriots have two really good tight ends. And of course, everyone's slipping my mind right now. But Hunter Henry, sorry, from the Chargers, really good player. Now, he pulls kind of a double move and just goes back. He goes post corner here and they don't connect this ball, but they should. And as a rookie, the one thing you got to know is like, which way do I turn? I want to keep my momentum. So he's going to, he should just flip his head and keep his running style. Instead, he turns all the way around like that. And now he's beat, right? And so this is a play that could have been for them. So these are big plays that you got to start looking at and going, all right, how do I make decisions on guys based on what, what we think they can do based on game tape? Right, truest form of, of of a grading system, like based on game tape, what's happening here? So we'll show it up front here. So Lucas Van Ness is obviously a little bit closer than he usually is. I said this term pre-draft. When he's in a three-point, I like it a lot better. When he's in two-point, he's got good leverage either way. He's got good hands. I just think he's better out of a three-point. So something's up with Quay. He doesn't play that over. Now he shifts all the way over. You've just made this really easy. Like, this doesn't help. Quay's got to understand this because I think they're going to use him. Last year, they started using him a lot on a lot of dogs because it 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 takes a lot of the thought process out and lets, lets young players play fast, right? And then it just gets them more comfortable with the game. And plus, he's really good at it, okay? But in these situations, you want to really come as tight as you can, and then you can force you can kind of force that tackle to turn like we showed earlier with your physicality or your speed. But if you're going to tip this off early, you just see the right guard, right tackle here, like, this couldn't be easier 
now as far as pushing these guys by. Just little things you can work on adjusting, right? You're just a little bit anxious about getting to that hole. So we got our three down linemen inside. I think we're going to run a little stunt here on the inside zone. Yeah, I really like this. So there's always ways to defeat this and, and, and counter, but you look at the left defensive tackle here. You look at left defensive tackle is going to stunt into the A-gap, and that really just allows the nose tackle to play off of him and roll into the play here. Beats the right guard inside. They don't have a call on. They don't know that they're going to stunt. If this was an outside zone, they'd be bringing the center, bringing the backside guard. So there's ways that this can maybe have a – you can have a problem running this play. But when you run inside zone, and this is why a lot of teams don't like running inside zone against that jam or that bare front, all you have to do is stunt one guy, and the nose tackle can play over the top, and you always got some kind of issue. Because right here, you can just see this gets gummed up. You take two, the center gets mauled. And, uh, oh, that's a – that's our that's our rookie Wooden coming in and, and making a really good play right there. Okay, we talked about the secondary with some issues and just trying to figure some things out. So we got a two-by-two two look here, and we both jump outside automatically to the outside. So the inside receiver here and has free access to the, the big G in the middle of the field. Obviously, Isaiah McDuffie is reading eyes here, so he could take either side right here, I'm imagining. You look at this as kind of a, a very balanced defense. Could he be down the middle more? Yeah, possibly, but the truth is up top, We've had a miscommunication. This is why it's preseason. These guys aren't necessarily the full-time starters. This is stuff we have to figure out, but ends up being an easy play for these uh, for for Mac Jones. Just an easy pitch and catch, you know, for a really good pickup. Love the crazy twist here. We used to call this crazy twist. So this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers used to run this with Sap and Greg Spires and all those guys. So we're gonna get basically two TEs, but then the E's, and I don't think they do it on purpose here, but the ends actually end up crossing. I think. Talking about Enigbari and Lucas Van Ness. We got two up top, upfield, and they cross through. Now, look, Mac Jones makes a great stands in, makes a great throw, and this is a great catch. But you just like seeing this. If you're a Packers fan, you go, oh, like this is going to work. He holds it one more second. You got two guys hitting the quarterback, and this is a really good job of just running plays. I think the TE game, especially with Lucas Van Ness, and you start thinking about the power, like the speed to power that he goes with. Um, Justin Hollins has been doing this really well since he got here as, as well. But when you talk about a young player who's going to, let's be honest, like he's going to be fighting for playing time because Justin Hollins is a good player. Enic Barr is really stepping up. Rashawn Gary, when he comes back, is, is is a star. And then you have Preston Smith, who's who's been a very, very, very good starter in this league and for the Green Bay Packers for a number of years now. So it's like, how do you get him on the field? Well, if you're just going to tell him to power, he's not, he doesn't have a power rush yet that is good enough to beat a good right tackle in the National Football League. But if you get him moving, you get a little, if you get a guard that's a little bit off balance, maybe a guy who's not that athletic, you put him down in that three technique, you run a TE game where he comes inside, he gets to start picking people on an ET, maybe. Like all of a sudden, that stuff's really easy because you're basically just a bullet in, a, in the chamber, right? Like I got to go hit that guy, deal. I can do that. That's not, that's not that hard. And oh, he's not going to be expecting it necessarily, even better, right? So, these are good things. We talked about Quay running the Suns last year. These are a good way for the defensive coordinator to get that player more engaged in the game without having to overthink. Great pitch and catch by the by the Patriots, but it, so it goes, right? We got the double wide again. Now we see over here, I think Enigmar gets the left tackle now. And I for the life of me, when you first look at this, you're like, how do you get beat? And this is why for this is like, you know, the trench warfare stuff. Okay. 
this position guards or the, the tackle he's up tall he's showing his chest his hands are outside he's already kind of starting to turn towards the line of scrimmage or towards the sideline he doesn't need to and right here he just drops his back foot and it's almost like I don't want to sit here and say that most of the guys in the league are teaching this but they're not they're not preventing like if you're allowing this to happen you might as well be teaching it so if you open your back foot if you're watching a, a, a game and you see that Basically, the tackle's feet go in a vertical line like this after their second or third kick. I'm not saying they're going to give up sacks. I'm saying they're going to get beat. And it's just a question of whether or not the quarterback's going to hold the ball. Because you can't hold up. The next thing is, where does that where does that up foot go? Well, it goes back even further, and you've opened up that edge. This is how people beat the edge. If you want to win, you just square. We just don't do a good job coaching it. We allow it. And so – Good for us right now with the Green Bay Packers because we have two guys that I don't think are going to do that. But Anubari gets this guy right here, gets another sack. Great hit. I don't know if they called that a sack fumble. Great play. Absolutely great play. Great effort. And, I mean, listen, it's, it's not rocket science, right? He's got speed. He's developing power. He's confident in what he's doing right now. And he's not playing to get like that's not that's not their their top guy over at the uh, at the Patriots. That's not Trent Brown, but Trent's got the same problem. He's just you know three hundred and sixty pounds or something like that. But he opens up like everybody else. All right, we got our obligatory. What is the bare minimum you're trying to get? Lucas Van Ness, thirteen pick in the draft. Like we, I, I think he's got a really hard time finding playing time. I think they're going to play him because he's a good athlete and he's first round pick. But like I don't think he's playing at the level these other guys are. He's certainly not a Rashad Gary right now. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the reality of where we're at, right? Iowa kid, I think he's going to be a good football player. What's the minimum? Like, what can he do? Well, he should beat the hell out of tight ends. This is what he should be able to do regardless. Okay, I'm just going to beat the hell out of that guy, throw him like a rag doll, get the guy. I, I think he, you know, it's like, it's like, Lucas, if you do that every game, we'll get you 20 snaps. How does that sound? Deal, right? You're going to run some TEs. I'll give you a couple free rushes. I want you to beat up the tight end every time he's in. How does that sound? Good. I know there's more that goes into the game than that. I like to simplify things. And play fast. Okay. We're on offense. We started off in 12 last week with two tight ends. Now we've got Deguara as fullback. We're in 21 personnel. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. We started in 12 and 21 personnel. I don't think any other team in the league's doing this. We start off with a fullback. We're, this is pro. This, But that could be Amon Green in there. I could be playing right now. This is absolutely amazing. I'm so fired up about this season. And what happens? Of course, we gain a bunch of yards on the ground because you're in 21 personnel and nobody knows how to play anymore. And the Patriots are one of the best guys, best teams in the league at doing it. We got the big fella, Rasheed Walker, over here at 63 playing left tackle. He earned it from the play last year or the play last week. And obviously, during the course of the week, during the course of the whole preseason, I mentioned it before. Uh, he just moves really well for a big fella, right? A lot vastly improved from last season, what we saw. Um, Zach Tom. You just watch the footwork that he consistently – he always is gaining ground with his first – it's just like little things. It, it's so important. Can you gain ground with your first step, you know? Can you get your second step in the ground when you strike? Can you get your hands inside? Like all this – it just matters, okay? See Aaron Jones with his first carry here. Really like – Myers doing a good job. Myers had a good day. And he's a lot of the game he's playing against Devon Gauchow. Gotcha. And I'll just tell you right now, I know Devon, he was up down in Miami with me. He's a hell of a good defensive tackle. If he's, if he's, if today he decided to play and Myers is preseason, you never know. 
and Myers is on out there doing like what he did, you got to feel really good about the game Myers had. We see the double team here. First step, first step, excellent. Doesn't cross over. I'm talking about Myers now. The running comes. And look at the movement. Just fantastic. Just an absolutely fantastic job. They get three yards of movement. Guys turn sideways. We minimize this because we don't care about the run game that much. But this is what sets up the rest of the offense, especially we're going to run a lot of under center play action and keep passes and whatnot. So you have to be excited. I mean, that's a lot of movement, guys. I, I don't know what else to say. Like three yards of movement. You're you're definitely feeling you're feeling yourself after the uh, after the play. Under center, two by two here. We got Musgrave hipped off far too much. I mean, my opinion. Just being honest with you, I don't love it. Okay, so we have tryouts for uh, Alan Lazard's uh, backup as blocker here. So the next contestant is Jalen Reed, and uh, well, this doesn't go great. Open tryouts. Who wants some? <laughs> Oh man, it's tough. Hey, got a touchdown though, but oh man, that's like, yeah, the thing is, it's funny is I, I, you know, I played at 295 pounds. Amon was like 220, but yeah, he's just a big, strong guy. And so when you see these little guys out here and like a little guy hits a little guy, a little guy falls down, it's, it's just, ah, it's fun to watch sometimes. All right, under center, we got 21 personnel again going to motion. Okay, so. This play is actually really difficult uh, for a number of reasons. They, it looks like DeGuar is not getting his block right here. He's trying to go back underneath the quarterback. But, I mean, that's just like a really – that's an incredibly difficult block for him. If the quarterback's going to waggle and try to keep on the move, he's got to pull up. I just don't know how he makes this play. You're hoping that – what's happening is I don't think a lot of guys feel like our tight ends are actually going to be in the blocking game, so they're kind of looking for – the play action stuff first. And you see Dobbs gets his second move here, but the quarterback's already kind of tied up. So he, he has options. There's a lot of people in the throw-in lanes. Pulls up late. I just think this is a good job of, uh, you know, you Jordan Love, like just getting rid of the ball. Sometimes you just got to, you know, these are the veteran moves sometimes. Like you turn around and like, okay, what do you see right here? You got nothing. You got nowhere to throw. He could float it to to Dobbs and just take a licking, but that's just not a. Maybe that's a you know, eighth year Aaron Rodgers play. I don't know if that's where he's at right now. Just putting this thing, just getting rid of it, not letting Tony Wise get a sack. Fair enough. Yeah, the snap. You know, you just want to take a quick look at the snap. Snaps, bad snaps happen. We'll just, hopefully you get rid of them. You know, Myers had a good game aside from this. I know it's a big deal, but sometimes that stuff happens. It's like, it's like you obviously don't want that to happen, but you don't fixate on like the bad snap. You, you know, if you if you go out there and you're playing a great game, you have a bad snap. It's like it it really does suck, but it's not like you got physically beat by somebody. I don't know how to explain that, so it makes sense. Um, you should be upset about it if you're a fan. I'm sure you're like, oh my god, it's, what is he saying? It's a huge deal. They gave up. You know, that could have cost us a touch or whatever, but. Um, it's not like you got manhandled by somebody. There's just a different sensation to it. Great pocket. This is what's available. And you you think about like Travis Kelsey, and I know they're very very inventive down there. And Travis, I'm, I'm not comparing the two, but 
okay, so Luke Musgrave, he just kind of, he's just, eh, okay. And then he, oh, hey, just give me the ball at the line of scrimmage. You're like two yards down and I'll just make, you know, I'll turn two yards into seven or I'll turn one yard into eight or, you know, I get up here and get a first down. Like this stuff is so simple when you have an athletic guy. It's so simple when you have an athletic tight end. Now, what's the flip side of this is going to become, in my opinion, what we have to really consider when we start talking about Luke Musgrave is, or any of these tight ends until they until we feel like they're you know the five tool guys hipped off again. And you look at the middle linebacker here, he sees it immediately. Like, yeah, he's not doing anything. And so they come down here and they've got the the under center play action, roll to your left. So now Jordan's got to flip his hips, which we talked about last week on the pass that Dobbs down the goal line. It just it takes him a little bit of time. It's just natural, it's not a natural throwing motion for him. But he looks, he wants to give this ball to the tight end, but he's double covered. And because of, and because the linebacker read this so well, I think at least in large part because they understand Musgrave's not going to do a lot of blocking and they can't cut out the backside defensive anymore. So that's going to cut down that play even more. In other words, if you can't take out the knees of the backside defensive end, you got to actually hit them. They're not going to spend a lot of time taking their prize, you know, Corvette over there to get beat up by a brick wall. So now because of that, the DB can just stop, get back here, break up the pass play, right? And it's a timing thing, but it's also like a, a little bit of a pattern recognition of understanding I'm probably not going to use this guy for that backside block as much as they maybe they used to. It's not going to be that split flow look that actually turns into the run. So Jordan Love gets away with one here. I, I mean, and here's why I say that. This is a great completion to Dobbs, but the Patriots are reading his mail right now in a big way. DB's reading his mail. You watch this play again. He's driving on this ball before the, the receiver. He actually has to slow down so he doesn't get P.I. This is how the catch is made. I mean, they're reading mail right here. So we get a little bit lucky with this play that it's not a pick, that it's not – it ends up being a reception. So it's great, but – we're giving up a little bit of information in the route. We're giving up a little bit of information by formation. So we just have to be really smart about that from a coordinator standpoint as we go forward, a receiver's coach, obviously. Let's watch Zach Tom. I don't always love the way that Zach turns, but the body position, the bend, and look at the hands here against Matt Judon. Now, Matt Judon, this is three, there's three series, three plays in a row here, I'll show you, because this is why you got to love Matt Judon's like all pro. I love Matt Judon. Love watching him. Is he putting out? Super Bowl caliber effort in this play? Probably not. But he's rushing. Okay, whatever. Yeah, got me. Fair enough. Good hands. And so the next play, we'll see. So Zach Tom goes out. He's got him. Got him. He's got his hand inside. Okay. And now you're not. You're barely going to see this, but he kind of like shoves him away. He kind of dismisses him, right there. He's kind of dismisses him, right. And uh, I sh I didn't let it run, but Judon kind of comes back and says something to him. Here's the very next play. So now Judon's like, well, you, you, you did it. Now I got to do it. And it, and the ball's gone. And we could say, like, like John Rennie's coming out. But you forget, like, Judon's pretty good, man. And this is what happens. Okay, so you got this tight end out. And a lot of times it's weird with tackles. Sometimes they'll feel like they got to get to where that tight end was. And they'll set a little bit flatter than they need to. In other words, he could just do what we call a line set, set a little more vertically and just be in a great position because this ball's going out fast. 
Judon's going to try to take this angle higher unless you go wide, in, in which case he'll go underneath. Okay. But his initial first, second step are going upfield. He just sees where, where Zach Thomas, he sees that his shoulders are turned, his feet are, you know, clicking heels right now. And it's like, I got an easy one right here. So he beats him inside. It just shows there's some guys that there's some dudes out there that can really rush the passer. Judon's one of them. So this is a Jordan Love thing. We're just looking at – he doesn't really have – like there's no Devontae Adams on this team. Some of these guys might develop into it, but we're just – it's not there, right? So you look at a play like this, and you're trying to decide, okay, how's how's he progressing? Well, obviously, you have to start with his footwork, your pre-snap decision-making and footwork, right? But then you look at this play, and when he releases this ball right here, double-covered, leveraged, plus double covered right here up top plus leveraged only play he has is guys covered very, very well has to throw outside to the sideline and actually makes a really good throw. They just, I think they kind of get in his breadbasket a little bit and break this play up, but a really good throw, really good decision. Probably made that decision pre-snap. And this is kind of what you're looking for. There's going to be situations as as things progress where, I mean, you guys all remember that like Aaron Rodgers was famous. They had a scramble drill in green Bay for like 10 years with Mike McCarthy. Like they had a period where it was like, all right, hike, scramble, 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 whatever they called. And then everybody started running around. Right. If you were close, you came, went far. If you were far, you came close to your left. You went right. Right. Blah, 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 blah. That's just, it's not where you're at anymore. Right. So you're just looking at, okay, does the guy have good footwork? Is he releasing the ball on time? Is he making the right decision? The answer to all three of those is yes. Look at the two young guys here. Start with 63. Walker just moves really well for a big guy, like I said. He can sense vertically. See, he has that foot kicked out in his stance. Foot kicked out in the stance. That means if this guy, Tony Wise isn't fast, but if this guy was fast, he's going to be able to turn him immediately. This will be very easy for him to get turned. That could be a problem. And then coming back inside, it means he's going to have to open up his inside foot. He'll have to swing that open like a hand of a clock. Because uh, he's he'll get that inline vertical uh, set with his his inside and outside foot, but right here does a great job. Just a quick kick back, and I just think he moves really, 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 really well. And then obviously we go look at Zach Tom on the other side against Judon, and he just does a really good job. He's got elite level hand placement right now for a young guy. And he does a really good job of staying extended. He keeps you off, off his body. He's kind of, I've been saying that for the last, you know, every time he plays is one thing really impresses me is he's able to keep that defender off of his body for the most part. Zach Tom again, working with Runyon here. Boom. Okay. Timing step, second step strike, inside foot, inside shoulder, same foot, same shoulder strike, rise to the linebacker. This is the kind of stuff that like, uh, Marco, Mike Flanagan, and I really, really liked working as the center and two guards back in the day. Getting that player all the way over, and then running can just accelerate. Even if the guy tries to fight over now, you're fighting over like three, four yards down the, down the uh, off the line of scrimmage. You see running just pancakes, ends up pancaking the guy. But it's really due to the work that Zach Tom did, knock his hip all the way over. So big time move there. I love it. Back in 21 personnel here. See the other op, you see the same side of this. Now, the reason I brought it up, I wanted to show the other angle is because we got to Guar in the backfield. 
Deguara, you got to do something for here for me. Channel your inner up. Missed it. It's too low on the screen because I have this up. How about this? Channel your inner Lorenzo Neal. Okay. If you see a guy coming in like that, you absolutely maul him. You absolutely maul him. You forklift him, pick him up, deposit him on his back, and then pancake, sumo splash, whatever you want to call it, right on his chest. Don't go over the top. Don't make your running back have to jump. Three by one. I think they ended up calling this in. Great throw. Obviously, you'd like to see Dobbs hold that line. We talked about it last week. Imagine that red line. You'd like to hold that a little bit longer as we go back and look at this one more time. He's there. Hold that line. Hold it. Don't get pushed to the sideline. Catch this ball over your right shoulder if you have to. But give yourself that space. You win with space. You've, you fought for that space. You got to win with that space. Okay, we got, and this is, I, I think I got two or three more plays. It's kind of the good and the bad, right? So this is what we're constantly talking about with Musgrave is, are we going to develop into a into complete player or, and Tucker Craft as well, or is it just constantly going to be, we're going to go back and we will put a hand on a guy or whatever. Like, what are we doing, right? And I know we're taking under center, uh, tw uh, 21 personnel shot play here, but he's not on the line of scrimmage. You know that he's coming back. Like, there's a lot of there's some things you can start keying on with all this stuff if you if you study tape. Good play by Love scrambling here. Really no pocket pressure pressure at all. This is just a good decision by him to, to tuck it and run. He could have gone to AJ Dillon in the flat. This is what we do. You just make decisions and live with them. So you see that position. He's obviously going to go backside now. And help. Great job by John Runyon, uh, Junior. Love the hustle. Up, oh, I don't know what that is. Okay. Now we got Kraft over here. Or excuse me, Musgrave. Pardon me. We got Luke Musgrave over here with Zach Tom. Now this is usually what you call a C block. I don't know why that's phantom right. Okay, so we got a C block right here. So we're going to go double team on the defensive end up to number three. Zach Tom does a good job trying to work. He ends up trying to fight back. And this guy ends up beating him. I think he's expecting help from Musgrave. I don't know if he gave him enough to hit, but Musgrave, you got to come up and do something here. You just can't get knocked off by the linebacker. We got this is what we're talking about. We want to really develop a physical player. This isn't a physical play at all. Okay. We really got to work on that, get pushed in the back a little bit here. Now, the other side of it is AJ Dillon. That's how you deal with somebody coming in the box. This is how A.J. Dillon deals with the same situation that DeGuara just saw. You want to run in? I got kind of two looks here. So first, let's watch uh, A.J. Okay. He throws him. So the guy's falling down. I know that Watson like gave him something to think about. But, but we just leave no doubt. Now, the other thing is, though, that we got to get excited about is Luke Musgrave. Okay. I know that 33 isn't a professional pass rusher. That doesn't what we do for a living. Okay. But locks in, gets him extended, keeps him extended long enough. 
Jalen Reed to get open. Great throw by Jordan Love. Great footwork. Makes a great catch. Gets into the end zone. So we're winning. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. It's not always, you know, it's not. This is a development league. You know, it has to be. This is a team that's always done really well with development. And if you can develop these guys, there's just a lot you can do in an offense. Again, we've talked about with the weapons that you have. He doesn't have a true number one anything right now, but that's okay. Because we got to figure out who they are. And I think that's really going to help uh, as you as you move forward here. So with that said, we have some listener questions. Um, the first one, I'll, I'll go through a couple of them. The, the first one is Rashid Walker, uh, Rashid Walker starts over Yash, and what does that mean? And then thoughts on, on his, his play generally. Um, I said it before. I just think he's – I think the ceiling's pretty high. Yash um, – I really like Yash, and I think he's done a, a great job by this team. Um, I think the hard part is he's never really, for me, turned the corner to be a physical run player. Right. So, and at, at the tackle position, it's very easy to say, well, his job is to protect the quarterback is what they get paid for. And you're not wrong. But Bakhtiari's there. Like, you're looking at right tackle, really, or, or the swing position. And you got to be like, we always, you got to be a five tool guy. You got to be able to do everything. And I just think Rashid Walker, from a physical standpoint, I really like the way he moves. Um, and he just seems to be more physical at the point of attack than, than Yash has been. He's big. So, just generally speaking, like getting around him is, you know, it's just, there's some, there's some issues there because of his, his size and, and length of his arm. Uh, his feet are excellent. I don't like, like technically there's some things I would not advocate for, but you know, right now I just think he's probably, and he showed, he showed out. He, listen, this is a show me league. If you go out and you practice really well, somebody's going to notice. And then they're going to go into the coaches meeting. They're going to say, Hey, this guy needs a chance. Like he's playing. Okay. We put him in the game. Does really well. Okay, if he plays good next week, we're going to start him because Bakhtiari's not playing. That's exactly what happened, and he goes out and he plays. He's probably going to start again this week. If Bakhtiari's not playing this week, I bet you he's playing again because he earned it. It just is what it is. He did a good job. Um, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a negative on Yash. I just think it's like you always have to go back and go, am, am I getting better at the stuff that's holding me from being who I want to be, right? And if the answer's not quite, then you really got to double down and, and do everything you can to get better at what you need to get better at. Question number two, what is something fans always overrate when it comes to roster reduction day? And I think the easiest thing to say here is um, I would assume I don't really know. I don't pay too much attention uh, to – I guess I never looked at it from a fan's perspective. Uh, but I, I, from a player's perspective, I tell you, what you're hearing from the media is probably what you're overreacting to because they – more often than not, they know, you know – like you think about how many media guys say it's likely that or – Sources say it might, or sources say it, 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 they're leaning towards, and there's no definitive anything, right? Because they don't know. They're just making, you know, it's not like you're making stuff up. It's like a half guess, right? So a lot of the information that's going on behind the scenes, I mean, I can't tell you, just from my experience being on both sides of the, of, of the table, I can't tell you how many times there's a trade or a potential free agent that they could or could not get. There's like so many transactions that could have happened or almost happened or might have happened that we have no idea about. And so a guy stays on the team because we couldn't get another guy. Or a guy leaves the team because there was a street free agent that we picked up. Or there was a trade that was going to happen but fell through in the line. I mean, things happen a lot. And if you're just looking at like how we're evaluating, these guys are getting evaluated 
when they eat lunch, when they're in the weight room, when they're in the when they're in their meeting rooms, and when they're on the field on practice and game day. Now, depending on the quality of the coach, and I'm talking about the position coaches, they're going to weigh everything a little bit differently. They're going to weigh. They're going to put more, you know, weight into how they, you know, how, what, how they uh, interact in the locker room, and in the in the training room, in the meeting room versus the field of play. Like ultimately, if you play well, you're going to make the team. But if you're a marginal guy and you're a, not a great guy, they're going to take the great guy. You know, all that stuff. Like it makes sense, right? So that all that goes into it. We just don't see a lot of it. Like you really don't. Even if you're watching hard knocks, you really don't have any idea what's really going on as far as who gets along, the conversations that are had, the behind the door talks, like all that stuff really does matter. And I don't know to what extent it matters. It's probably a sliding scale based on your talent, but it does matter. And we don't see a lot of that. Uh, Speak on the Packers ability to consistently develop offensive linemen, particularly in the middle rounds. So I'm going to tell you why I think the Packers can develop offensive linemen. I think philosophically, since Ron Wolf was here, They've just taken a lot of pride in their ability to draft and develop offensive. I mean, the entire team, but really offensive linemen. I'll just start naming out like line coaches and people that have been here that you can probably resonate around the league. Okay, we have uh, Tom Lavat, and then we had Beck, and then and then we had but Joe Philbin was here. James Campen is here, right? Stenovich is 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 the kind of the latest guy draft and develop guy. And then you look at general managers. You have Bron Wolf, Mike Sherman, offensive line coach, by the way, John Dorsey, Schneider. Ted, good. I mean, they're all like everybody is from the same group and the same philosophy. These aren't guys. Those are the the personnel guys are all homegrown. Wolf, Sherman, Dorsey, Schneider, Ted, and Goody. They're all home. They were all homegrown here. So the philosophy is Ron Wolf's philosophy, never changed. Draft and develop. Yeah, they update it, but it doesn't change. I mean, it's fundamentally it's all this. It's the same philosophy they've always had. And so I just think they go about their business in the same way. They look for certain traits. They're probably thinking footwork first, right? And then what can we can we make this guy more physical? You know, do we have a do we have a technical coach? Do it does does the system call for it? Are we getting guys out of colleges that we know develop offensive linemen? Are we getting guys out of colleges that don't do a good job? Do we know the coach at that school? You know, I, I bet if you did a deep dive, you'd figure out that maybe they're doing, maybe they're picking players or they have a prevalence of looking for players from certain teams where they know the coaches because they know that coach does a good job developing talent or they can they can at least get a better insight about that player uh we talked about it a little bit somebody asked about how myers played i just think he played well you know I just, his footwork looked a lot better than it usually does um inside hand was working well getting a lot of push off the line versus a good player on the on the new england patriots i think new, new england patriots front is, is a really good front they're not as dynamic as maybe some of the other players you're going to see they're more of a kind of bring your lunch pail. It's going to be a long day deal. So there is that part of that. It gets really athletic players. Does he look a little bit different? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but he did look really good this week. So you got to, you know, you take away the snap, like we talked about. I think it's a really good week for him. What strength and weaknesses have the preseason showed? I think, the you know, if we're looking at weaknesses, it's just there's always work to do and you haven't really seen a full squad yet. Um, the defensive end or outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, that position is a strength. That might be the biggest. I is it the big strength on the team? If if you if Rashawn Gary's healthy, like it's probably pretty close. You look at that. You look at that room right now. So you got Preston and Rashawn, first round draft pick. Okay, they have him lined up uh, ahead of Enigbari because he's a draft pick, but on the you know Packers roster thing, but he's not. Enigbari's playing better than anybody right now because Rashawn Gary's not there. And then 
Uh, and then you have Justin Holland, right? And, and, and it's just, and Carl Brooks could play. I think you start talking about maybe he gets, as he gets older, he can stand up and be a rush end as well when we go into nickel maybe, right? Like you have, that's a really good room. And if Rashawn Gary comes back in form, like if he can play week one in form with those guys, that is a, that is a strong room. Uh, if you can get a defensive tackle, TJ Slayton looks like the guy right now to create some double teams, create some opportunities for Kenny Clark, and then open up that outside rush. It's just, it's just a really, really, in my opinion, it's a really strong room. Um, and I think the other, the other side of that is you started, who's, who's got the inside track to start at safety. Uh, and I, I, we showed a little bit of it for me personally. I think, you know, they're going to they're going to give Darnell Savage every opportunity to be on the field because he's a first round draft pick, he's an athlete, he's played in uh the league for a number of years now. He is a veteran on this team and you you know you're just kind of trying to find the place that fits him best and this might be it. Now, the other side of it, we saw some good and bad from Rudy Ford, we've seen some good and bad from Jonathan Owens. Jonathan Owens got beat badly by uh by 85 by Hunter Henry got beat badly in this game. On a stick nod, that could have been another play. Uh, Mac Mac just missed him, and these things happen, okay. But he also got beat. He missed a tackle last week. They got beat for thirty. So nobody's perfect. Who's going to start for me? It's Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage. I, I certainly don't think Johnson's going to. I don't think he's ready to go. You saw how he turned the wrong way. That's that's kind of an issue. Um, but you know, listen, you got to feel good that you have. I think Jonathan Owens. I, I watched Jonathan Owens last year a, a lot because I I. I follow the Texans and he can play like he can, he can play ball. There's some, you know, he'll continue to come along. Um, I, you know, for me, I, I, I wish they would have had a big name agent and free agent there, but they just, you know, they didn't, they didn't draft a guy. They didn't it is what it is. So we'll just have to see how it goes. But I don't think that uh, I don't know that it's a source of strength, but I don't know, you know, if Savage can end up playing well, then he could end up working out. Um, Got a couple more here. Let's see. Curious of just wear and tear from the previous year. Blah, 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 blah. Coach. It says here, you mentioned a few weeks back that you had a regression year yourself, but you were able to fix it and bounce back. Looking back now, any ideas what caused the regression year? Curious if it's just wear and tear for the, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so when I had my, when I had a really bad year, it was my third season. I was going to be the starting left tackle and I had a bad year because I gained, you know, they, they told me to gain 20 pounds. Uh, I came out overweight, uh, out of shape. They, you know, the, the Steve Hutchinson had just been brought into the league. It was like six, six, three fifteen. Everyone's like, Oh, that's what we're going to be. So I gained weight instead of getting better at technique. <laughs> so I was slow. My technique sucked and, uh, I couldn't keep up. Like all my athleticism was not, was blunted because I had gained too much weight. So I wasn't as, I just wasn't as dynamic and everything. I, my tech again, but my, really my technical was terrible. I lost a lot of confidence that year, um, but it wasn't wear and tear or anything. It was, I was, I was a very, very young player. Uh, and so I had to bounce back from that. got back down to my fighting weight, got, you know, got brushed up my technique and, and got back to being who I thought I was. So that's, that's why that happened. Um, I think that's it for the show guys. Uh, the, the rest of this stuff is, the get off my lawn, you know, I think the only thing maybe if we had to get off my lawn, I want to talk about is the, uh, 
the the Pats ended up canceling their joint practice. So they had two weeks of joint practice. They only have one now. And obviously it was, you know, Isaiah Bolton has the injury. But then the Texans and the Saints did the same thing. And it's injury related, right? There's and it's interesting because I because I work with some of these guys, you see the volume of repetitions that they get on a joint practice schedule is almost twice what they get during a regular practice. In other words, if you went to a regular know, Packers practice, you name, name a team, the left tackle, the the, the left defensive end, the, the center, let's say they get 27, the veterans, 27, 30 reps tops during the, during a, like live reps against you, against the ones or twos or wherever they're playing defensively. You go to a joint practice, that number is 50. They're getting 50 reps. So in two days, you get over a game. You get basically a game and a half in two days. And then if the coaches are playing you in the preseason, you're getting more. So from a wear and tear standpoint, and it, it doesn't, it's actually worse for the ones than it is for anybody else. So from a wear and tear standpoint, if you're trying to preserve your best players, like maybe they're starting to figure out, I shouldn't do multiple weeks of, of joint practices. Maybe I should just do one. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes moving forward. But this is seriously a consideration because I did do the numbers this week and it was literally 48, 50 reps versus like 25, 27 in a regular practice. And, you know, you start weighing your options as far as what's, what do you, what really do you value here? And it's like, I value my health. Can I get all my players to the, to the regular season healthy? So Thank you to Bet Online for uh, for sponsoring us. This is uh, Mike Wall. You can find me at Mike Wall sixty eight or uh, Twitter or Process to Perform on Instagram. Hit the subscribe rate and review buttons on YouTube backslash Process to Perform. That is the channel you will find all of our content on. I'll put some clips out from this show as well on the offense and defense, specifically looking at the Packers stuff. Uh, we're going to start doing the uh, block party stuff during the regular season, so we'll have even more content as far as trench warfare and, and blocking, defeating blocks, tackling, etc. Hope you enjoy that. For the rest of you guys, have a good week. And as we always say here, go back, go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.